Good to see you this morning. I uh, really welcome you guys just to Church in the Valley. Um, really glad you guys decided to spend some time with us here this morning. Um, my name my name is Jeep Underwood, and we're going to be finishing up, like uh, Jeremy said, with a series today on the family and on our life together. And we're going to be looking at, like, where do you turn? Where do you turn to get the power and the strength and the input you need uh, for doing life and for doing family life? Where do you turn for that? You know, a lot of people, a lot of people when they, when they look for strength and power, they look to science. You know, they try to boost this or limit that or, you know, try to get some kind of energy drink and maybe a bigger can of energy drink or there's just all kinds of things that people try to do to, to try to have some power and energy in their life. And then there's, uh, some folks, you know, they, they look for different spiritual sources, all different, run the whole gamut, different spiritual sources they look at. But really the need for power and strength in our lives is something we all feel very strongly. And uh, really, I think that's a big reason why stories of uh, superheroes are so much just how we just love those stories. I mean, uh, they've just really kind of exploded over the past 20 years. There's just so many superhero stories that are on the TV or on the, on the movies. And so I want you guys, let's want to watch just a montage of some powerful heroes that we see in the movies. We'll watch this real quick. The Force is what gives the Jedi his power, surrounds us, and binds the galaxy together. Even though you've been raised as a human being, you are not one of them. You have great powers. a movie right now. <laughs> Maybe kick the door off the hinges on the way out. I don't know. Uh, you know, there's something, you know, there's something about superheroes and all the power they have that's just really, really compelling. Um, you know, they, uh, they've really become very prevalent on TV. A lot of our stories are about superheroes. It would be really cool if you had superpowers. I mean, you could just like handle things like, you know, bad things happen. You go, I got this. And you just kind of like deal with it. You got, have you seen my hammer? You know, it's like, uh, let me just send that over there and they'll come back. And I mean, it's just that you can just, they, they just can ultra handle things. And that's pretty cool. I, when I was a, when I was a kid, my sister and I would always play Batman and Robin. I mean, we, we'd run around our backyard having all kinds of fun. Uh, the problem was, is her name actually is Robin. <laughs> so she was typecast and, uh, she was always frustrated. She goes, well, how come I can't ever be Batman? And I, I let it be Batman once in a while, but it just wasn't as fun. Um, there's something about, you know, it, uh, being the guy who's helping out. I don't know, it's just, just the Batman. He had all the power, you know, he was, he was the, he was the cool guy. You know, I think those, those stories of superheroes and that, that idea of having power, it really, they're stories that resonate with us because we know that we really do need power to really deal with our lives. We really do need strength and we really do need input to really understand how to deal with things at work, with things uh, in building friendships, doing ministry, helping other people, uh, and then especially in family life, just the, the power that we need and the strength that we need 
to uh, really deal well with family life. Um, and family, you know, family life can be a major source of joy and encouragement, and it can also be really difficult, especially when you, especially when you begin to uh, kind of see how far you fall short of what the ideal is, and it, you can you can get some discouragement there. So today we're going to be looking at like as followers of Christ, uh, where do we get our power and strength and input for life? And we're going to be taking a look at that this morning. But before we do, I want to kind of walk through, just do a, a brief recap of the last uh, the last few weeks in the series. Uh, just to kind of bring us up to speed. In, in week one, we looked at what's ideal. And we looked at how the, the scriptures really provide a blueprint for family life. And that if we'll build our family according to that blueprint in the scriptures, we'll really have a strong, powerful, enjoyable family over time. That really will be built over time. And then we also, we looked at how when we compare our family with where they're really at, with the ideal that God has, is we, it really shows us where the gap is. And that, uh, and that there's, it creates a real tension in our lives as we see what we need to do to measure up and what we need to do to change. But that that tension is really met by God's grace, that God's grace is really working with us in our families. And that Jesus often, he pointed and, uh, and taught to an ideal, but he never, he never condemned anyone for not measuring up. And that really when the standard goes higher, one of the things we looked at is the grace goes deeper. And so we can really rely on God's grace. Um, in week two, week two we looked at we looked at we looked at this this uh, the filibuster that's in the Senate where it's kind of a strategy to to make sure that what you don't want to have happen doesn't happen, and how in the family we can really have family filibusters where we try to just force the family to do what we want to do, and we looked at how our we our struggle that we have is just a real bent towards stubborn stubborn selfishness. It's something that we that we all struggle with, and how really the antidote to that is just submitting to one another. And really just uh, looking how we can really help each other. So looking how each one of us can take our time and our talent and our money and our resources really and give those for the family and really for each other. And the question we looked at that week was just what can I do to help? So a way to just look at just what can, I, what can we do to help? A way to really put that into practice. And then in week three we looked at conflict and we talked about storms and we talked about how uh, unresolved conflict can be like stormy weather that it just really prevents the family from thriving and really takes away the enjoyment of the family life. And we looked at how resolving conflict and pursuing peace is really at the heart of what God really wants with our families because there's always plenty of conflict to deal with in a family, as we all could attest to. And we looked at how the wisdom from above is, is really in the lives of those who make peace and that we really need to be building bridges of reconciliation with each other uh, in, the, in the family. And if you, uh, if you missed any of these messages, you can, uh, you can take a look online and you can listen to the, you can listen to these messages if you missed one of these. But in week four, we looked at expectations and we looked at how the family life is really complex as the number of people grow. So it's like, as your number of people grow in your family, there's actually the number of relationships grow even faster. And with these, those relationships, there's a lot of expectations that are attached and things get real complex real fast and, and we looked at how each of us in the family, we have a lot of, we have some really deep needs. And a couple of those deep needs we have is just for security and significance. And when we try to wrap our heart around the family to get those needs met for security and significance, what it does is it can really lead to some anger and frustration and disappointment and even to resentment. And so those are things that kind of work against really what we want our family to be, kind of unravel family life. But as we look at God, as we look to God to really meet those needs. 
when we look to God to really meet those needs and we really humble ourselves before Him and we cast our anxieties and our needs and our concerns on Him, He really meets those needs in our lives and He helps us to be the people we need to be for our family. And we looked at how He really cares and how He's really there and how He really cares. And then last week, we just looked at facing trouble together. We looked at how trouble in life is normal and that how understanding and responding to trouble is really critical to our success in life and also in our, and within our families. And we looked at a quote uh, from uh, Kelly Clarkson and from uh, Nietzsche that, uh, you know, what doesn't make us, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, which we found that what we looked at was just not true. Actually, uh, it's not a passive thing. It isn't like hard things happen and you go, I've developed. It's actually hard things. What we found is that is when we're adopted by God and we really become his kids, he uses trouble in our lives to train us. And if we'll really respond to that, then we really will grow over time and become more and more like him and really make real progress in life. So as we, as we move forward into this week, um, we just want to know that, you know, God really wants to meet us right where we're at and to really help us move forward and to really help our family all that he wants it to be. He really wants to do that. But to do that, we really need God's power and his strength and his input to enable us to do that. We really need God's power and his strength and his input to really enable us to do that. Uh, a, a couple of weeks ago, I got a phone call from one of my cousins up north in central California where I grew up. And he said he'd been talking to my mom on the phone, but then the, uh, on her cell phone, but he couldn't get back a hold of her because he only had her landline and, and the electricity was off. So down here we've been having a lot of, uh, a lot of rain, like crazy rain. But up there they've been having snow. And so my mom and dad, they live in uh, the foothills of the Sierra Nevadas. And they, and they're only at 2,000 foot elevation, but they're getting unseasonably, they're getting a lot of snow, which they normally don't get. But about 26, 27,000 people in their county were without power. <clears throat> and so I find this out, and so I, I, I gave them my mom and dad's cell phone number. I called my mom's cell phone and uh, said, Mom, hey, what, you guys okay? And they said, yeah, you know, we're, uh, we're doing all right, but, you know, uh, we have our, our heat is uh, kerosene, so we're good on heat. Well, that's good because it's like 20 degrees at night. And then uh, we're, we're doing good on you know, our gas stove. We have an oven, gas oven, so we're good. The problem is, is our well, our well is uh, an electric pump. So they didn't have any water in the house. It was making things really hard. Plus, they were afraid their freezer was going to kick out on them. So my cousin, he went, he took over there, he took a generator over there so that they could start running some of those things. You know, there's, uh, when you don't have power, it really changes everything. Have you guys ever been in a power outage? Like, you, everything you normally would do, you just can't do. You really need power. And that's, that's the same way it is with us, is we, we really need God's power and His input to really do what's right by our family and other circles that we relate in at work or with our friends. So I want to take a look at something that Paul prayed for the Ephesians. So let's take a look at uh, Ephesians chapter 3. And Paul says this. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named that according to the riches of His glory He may grant you to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in your inner being. Now that's something we really want to pray for ourselves. The same thing that Paul prayed for them is pray for ourselves that God really strengthen us with His power from His Spirit in our inner being. And that's really what we need when we're facing, when we're facing the counterproductive strategies of stubborn self-centeredness, 
unresolved conflict and unmet expectations, we really need God's power to really enable us to handle those and to really work against that. And then, you know, that word strengthened, it means uh, to become psychologically strong. So the picture is like someone who really has some real stability to their life. And the inner being is that the hidden person, the who you really are down deep, with your intellect, your emotions, and your spiritual self. And it really shows us how God is really wants to give us strength. And when we pray for that, God gives us the strength that we need really to, to be a part of our family and to lead our family. And, you know, we all need power and input into our lives. And the question is, like, where are we, we're all going to look for it somewhere. So where are we going to look for it? Uh, where are we going to seek out that power that we really need? And, you know, one, one source that a lot of people will go to is just money, financial security. One thing is fame. Like, if we can just be known well, if I can just have some status, maybe that would do it. If, uh, you know, fun and pleasure, if I could just give enough fun and enjoyment, then that would do it. Or just a, maybe it's a relationship. If I just had a relationship, then that would that would really do it. And we all have something we're trying to run to. I want to... God actually addressed, he addressed this, um, with the children of Israel back in, when Jeremiah was around. I want to look at something that he said through Jeremiah to the children of Israel. And he said this, he says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now a cistern, a cistern is like a place where they kind of hollowed out some rock and they would bring water to it. So that people could live close to the water. And what, what God was saying is, you know, you have these places, these places you're trying to get what you need, but there's holes in them. And every time you go to get water and refreshment, it's just not there. So you really, he says, but you've, you're turning away from really me. And I'm like this never ending source of what you're looking for. Sometimes, you know, sometimes the trouble that we're facing is really because of the cistern that we've been running to is just running out of water. There's a lot, sometimes that's a, that's a source of really what we're facing. <clears throat> I have a, I, uh, several years ago I had a friend at work, uh, he and I had been connecting, he'd been going through some tough times, and uh, he had lost a relationship that was really important to him, and he'd been kind of looking for different uh, different things that really satisfy him, cars and different things, he started he started accumulating some things, and running into some other things, and so we, we spent, we're going to spend some time with each other, and uh, during lunchtime and stuff like that, and I began to share some things, just how God had really been helping me, and it really encouraged him to take a step into just having a relationship with God. And so when so he was considering some things, I'd been able to share the gospel with him a couple of times, and he was considering some of that. And but then it had been a few months, and so I'm at my desk, I'm at my cubicle, and I'm working, uh, trying to design flood control facilities. And so I'm I'm there. I'm you know, if you've ever done any kind of technical work, it's like it takes four or five weeks to get something done. So you know, I'm in the middle of a four-week effort and just kind of zoomed in on the screen trying to use the CADs, our computer-aided drafting system. And my friend came in and he walked and he came in the cubicle. This is about two months after we had talked <clears throat> about God. He comes and sits in my cubicle behind me. And I didn't even know he came in. He goes, so, and it scared me. He goes, so, this church thing really does it for you, huh? And I, I, I turned around and went, I guess we're going to have a conversation now. Um, okay. And I just, you know, kind of put things on pause and turned around and, and talked with him. And, and I said, well, and I just asked God just to help me just to know how to, re- to respond because I just question this uh, kind of question kind of came out of nowhere. And I told him, I said, actually, 
it's not the church thing. I said, really, it's my relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and church is a real part of that. In fact, it's really kind of the family that I'm a part of. I said, but really, it's, it's that relationship with Jesus. And he goes, yeah, he says, I've been thinking about what you've been saying. He says, but I don't know, I don't know if I want to do it just because I need it. And so I, and so I looked at him and we were real good friends and I, and I started laughing. I started laughing. I said, cause you, cause you need it. I said, that's like saying I don't want to eat a hamburger cause I'm really hungry. I said, I, I don't, I don't quite get that. And he, he goes, well, he goes, well, I don't want it just to be like a crutch that I lean on. And I, I looked at him and, and a thought came to my mind. I said, you know, I said, you know, I said, we're all, I said, we all need a crutch. I said, you know, we're all, we're all crippled people. We all need a crutch. We just have to choose what crutch we're going to try to hold ourselves up with. And so we had we had a good conversation. But I'd never had that thought before. And that for me, that was, I think God was really helping me understand myself some as well. But I think this is part of what God was trying to communicate is, is that we really want to lean in to Him. We really want to lean on Him. And we we really want to watch our propensity to lean on other things that we think are going to really fulfill us. And my, you know, my friend, uh, my friend still, he still hasn't decided, uh, to, to, to join in. I still, I'm praying for him. But, um, I think that all of us, we, we need to come to a place, we just decide that we're going to really turn to God, the fountain of living waters, and that and we're really going to pursue him. In fact, Jesus said something very similar to this. Jesus, uh, said something very similar to this in John uh, 15, verse 5, and also verse 7. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. You know, Jesus is very clear, you know, unless, you, unless you're really connected with me, you really, you need the, you need the power and the strength and the input from being connected with me to really accomplish anything. And to really have bear fruit in your own life to really your character would really begin to change over time. And I also thought it was very interesting, interesting that he kind of equates, he says, he who abides in me and I in him, and then he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, he kind of equates, he seems to equate abiding in his word as abiding in him. Is it really, uh, abiding in Jesus is really an experience of living in His Word and really relating to Him relationally around His Word and what it is He has to say. And that that, that really is the power and the input and the strength that we need for our lives is through Him and His Word. In fact, God actually paints a picture very similar to this, the Father, in Isaiah. He talks through Isaiah in, in Isaiah, uh, 55. Let's take a look at that real quick. God says this, he says, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return there without watering the earth, and making it barren sprout, and furnishing seed to the sower, and bread to the eater, so shall my word be, which goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire, without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. That God has a very specific things in mind when he sent his word, and they're to do certain things, and if we will really connect with him, it really will cause our lives to really grow. Now, several months ago, when I was speaking, I used some pictures from my backyard to show the impact of rain. And uh, there's one up on the screen uh, right now, or I almost. Go ahead and put the first one up. Now, this is my backyard. 
after two or three years of drought where you can't use any water. It just kind of died off. And so the last time I was speaking on this, I kind of showed after the drought ended, I wanted to try to fix it. And so I started to do some watering. I tried to be real consistent in watering. And this is the next slide is is what I achieved. It was like it's a little pitiful. And it, it was, uh, you know, I would try to be encouraged and I would try to be consistent, but just not much was happening. And then last year we actually got some rain. It wasn't a lot, but it was it was consistent for a couple of three weeks. And let's look at the next slide. And I showed this. We actually I, there's a big difference between rain and a sprinkler, and I'm not sure I fully understand all that. But there's something about rain that really makes a difference than just trying to be consistent with sprinkling. Well, this is from this last week. Go ahead and go to the next slide. I think I'm gonna have to mow it pretty soon. I mean, it's 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 actually. I mean, I go out there. We had our Super Bowl party a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we had some uh, some uh, some new folks that came over, and they came went back. They went, "We love your backyard. It's so green and beautiful." And I thought, "It's also recent," <laughs> um, but it's just you know the impact of rain is dramatic, and if we if we will connect. Uh, relationally with God and pursue Him and let His Word abide in us and really take it in. And it, we really will bear fruit and really bear like, like this image would show. Is that we'll actually see things happening in our lives. We'll see that uh, we actually begin to adopt new attitudes. We begin to actually change over time as we really relationally connect with God and really let His Word abide in us and we Take it for the help and the guidance it is and, and take it seriously and put it into practice. And then what we find is we have the power and the input and the strength that we need to really become more and more who our family needs us to be and also in other circles and other arenas of life. So, you know, a few weeks ago, a few weeks ago, I, I told you guys a story about when I was passed over for promotion. Some of you may remember that. And then how... Uh, several months later, there was another opportunity for promotion came up, and I was able to get that job. Now, it's really hard to not get a promotion, but it's also kind of hard to get one. I don't know if you guys have ever been there. You, you get a promotion, and they start expecting things of you that they never expected of you before. And, uh, you know, they begin, uh, they begin to give you new responsibilities, new things, maybe things you haven't done before. And I remember uh, when I became a, it was, I became a project leader, like a lead engineer, uh, and I, for those of you who don't know, I work uh, for the Army Corps of Engineers, have, have for years. And so when I t- took on this new role as a project leader, I remember going to my boss's office. And I didn't really spend a lot of time. Before this, I didn't spend a lot of time in there. After I got promoted, I tended to spend a lot of time in there. So he, he, I come in there, and he goes, hey, this is the project I'm going to give you. And he has these three volumes, the stack about that high. This is Tucson drainage area project. That's going to be your job. He pushes it towards me. He goes, you need to read that and get familiar with it. I'm like, oh gosh, man, I have trouble with comic books sometimes. But uh, okay, I will, uh, I will, I'll take that in. I was kind of dealing with that, and then he goes, oh, by the way, this is going to be an architect engineering contract, and so in the next four or five weeks, you need to write the contract, you need to uh, negotiate it, and get it awarded uh, with his AE contract. Now, if I'd ever done that before, that wouldn't have been nearly as scary. But uh, as he said that, I thought. I don't know how to do that. So, all right, learn how to do that. And so then he wasn't done. And I was thinking, can I leave now? No, no. <clears throat> then he said, uh, 
He said, actually, and what I want you to do, he says, in about six weeks or so, I want you to lead a technical review conference, which is kind of like a kickoff meeting for our design where we show our sponsor, we show our stakeholders how we're going to approach the design, what it is we're trying to do. And uh, it's a major thing. People are going to fly in uh, from Tucson to be a part of this, and you're going to lead it. Oh, and by the way, we haven't done this in about 15 years. And so there's really nobody you can really ask, like, how we do this. And uh, whatever you do will probably become the template for what we do from now on. Like, okay, <laughs> no pressure there. Can I leave now? No, I didn't say that. But, uh, so then I walked out of there, and I have these three major things. And, and just, uh, just dealing with some anxiety. <clears throat> well, the day came, uh, I learned, a, I learned a lot. And I began to learn some things about the project. Very hard to take in three volumes. But then I got ready for this. It was a, this, uh, technical review conference was on November 17th. I still remember the date many years later because it was that traumatic for me. So November 17th. I, I don't know why. I just can't forget that date. So as we, as I got ready to lead this, we had, I knew, I knew that night, the night before, that night, the night before, I knew that there were guys getting on airplanes flying to, from Arizona to Los Angeles to be a part of what I was going to do. And the, uh, the city of, uh, Tucson, there's some representatives, Pima County Flood Control District, and also Tunified, <laughs> Tunified? <laughs> Tucson Unified School District because we're going to build on some of their, they'll love it if I call them Tunified. But they were going to be showing up as well, plus our AE, our architect engineering firm, who we just awarded a contract to was going to be leading certain parts of it, and then our whole technical team and all the bosses were going to, you know, all the section chiefs were going to, the lower level first line supervisors were going to be there. I remember waking up that morning and just just being really rattled, just like really anxious. And I remember, uh, I remember just, uh, I, I do, just, just, <laughs> you kind of, I don't know if you ever been there. You kind of walk around going. Maybe if I just stall, the day won't happen, but it, it happened. So then I went and I spent some time with God. Like I had developed, I'd begin developing a habit of, of just spending time with Him and His Word and, and bringing things to Him. And I remember just sitting down that morning going, God, I, I need help. I, I need, I need help because this is really, it's freaking me out. And as I was, that morning I was reading in Psalm 94. Because the day before I was reading Psalm 93. I'm really linear that way. Um, so I was reading Psalm 94, and there's a verse that really stood out to me. We'll put it up on the screen. Psalm 94, 17 and 19, it says, If the Lord had not been my help, my soul would soon have dwelt in the abode of silence. If I should say my foot has slipped, your loving kindness, O Lord, will hold me up. When my anxious thoughts multiply within me, your consolations delight my soul. I read that. I read that that morning and I, and I knew that God was really speaking to me and helping me in the moment I was in. And I realized, you know, anxious thoughts, I'd never thought of that before, but that's what they do. They multiply. You go, well, what if this happens? And you go, well, if that happened, then this could happen. And if that's to happen, then these three things could happen. If that happened, oh my gosh, you know, you, you just, that's what anxious thoughts do. And that's what I was doing. I didn't realize that I was, that I was doing that. And I knew that he was, he said he was going to really be there to help me. And so I just began, I just, I wrote that down, I wrote that verse down on a card and I just began memorizing that, working on that as I drove to work. 
Um, so that I just took it into that day with me. I just went, you just, and began to pray that God would really help me just to sort through the anxieties that I was feeling. And then help me just really do a good job and really, and really lead well. So I get to the office and, uh, it's time for the, time for the meeting. I'm walking down the hallway and just before I get to the hallway, there's a side door and the chief of engineering division, which is my boss's boss's boss, walks to the door and he goes, Hey, how you doing, Paul? I went, I'm doing good. And he goes, Hey, I thought I'd just joined today. I'd just like to see how this goes. I went, Oh, good. <laughs> I, I was hoping for a lot more high level involvement. Um, I was hoping you'd just kind of hear how it went, not actually, uh, experience it. And so he turns in and, and he turns around and he walks. He's, he's, in, he's in a real good mood. He turns, he walks away and I'm like, and I just went, God. And I just, I thought of that verse and I went, God, will you help me? As I walked into the room. And so I walked in the room. Everyone's there. Uh, and it takes a few minutes to get everything lined up. And something that, something that dawned on me, there were some things I had to lead. There's some things I had to say. There's some things I had to do. But one thing that dawned on me that I had never understood about this meeting is that I was going to be more of a master of ceremonies. Like I would say, well, this is, uh, we're going to be handling the geotechnical aspects of this. So this, uh, here's our geotechnical team. And they would stand up and they would kind of talk about what they're going to do. And I'd say, well, then hydraulically, you know, we're looking at some things here and this is how the hydraulics are going to be handled. And they would get up and say, and then I would say, our design team on this, I'll be the design leader, but my team is going to be this, is going to be Tetra Tech, this uh, architect engineering firm. Then they begin to present some things. And there were several things I had to do along the way. But it wasn't all on me. And in my mind, the way I pictured it is all the anxiety is that it was all me. And one thing I really learned that day, a few things I learned that day, probably many things I learned that day, but some of them were that I learned that a lot about teamwork that day. I learned a lot about teamwork today and how when you pull together, you can make major things happen. And I learned that God was right there with me and that he really cared about me. And that just the way that he helped me deal with my emotions that morning was something that I desperately needed. And that just really made a huge difference. You know, as you, as you walk with God and you build, uh, more and more a lifestyle of relationally pursuing God and letting His Word abide in you, what it does, and as you take it seriously, what it does is it, it gives you the power and the input and the strength you need to be the parent you need to be. Uh, it helps you in all the arenas of life, but it really helps you to be the parent that you need to be. And as he, as he impacts your life, then that's really what you turn around and you pass on to your kids. In fact, in, in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, Moses said something very similar to that. He said, these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. And he's talking about what we just talked about. He's saying, you know, the words that I command you today, they're, they're to be with you. They're, they're to be the way you experience your life. You're, you're to really connect with me in such a way where these make a difference to you. And your life really begins to make progress. And then you shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. So then how God has actually been dealing with you, how he's really helped you is what you pass on to your kids just as you're living your life. As things come up, you kind of help your kids begin to connect and help them to see that God really desires to work in their lives the same way. And so that's really, that's really, that's something that, the power source, the power source for family life is really God Himself and just pursuing Him relationally, taking in His Word and taking it seriously. 
So as we as we end today, I, I want to leave you just with a with a verse or just a a verse from uh, David in Psalm five. Psalm five one through three. This is something that's been really really helpful to me. But David prayed this. He said, "Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my groaning. Heed the sound of my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you will hear my voice. In the morning, I will order my prayer to you." And eagerly watch. I would just encourage each one of us uh, this week, and as we go on to the future, just to just to spend time with God day by day, uh, and and also just to ask Him for the power and the strength that you need that you need to face that day, and for face things that you're worried about in the future, and then really to watch expectantly to see how He really impacts and how He really works in your life and how things really go. Just to watch expectantly for that. Uh, So I'd like to ask the band to go ahead and uh, come back up. And uh, if you haven't finished filling out your connection card, now's a good time to do that. You can throw it in the offering bucket when it comes by. And we'll go through just a few next steps that, you know, maybe, maybe for you a next step is just to, just to schedule some time in your schedule to meet with God. Just carve out some time where you just say, you know what, I'm going to meet with God relationally uh, this time of the day. And I'm going to put it in my schedule and actually make time for it. And maybe a next step for you would just be just to ask, get in the habit of asking God for power and strength for what you're really facing. And maybe it's just, maybe the next step is just to think through how God has really worked in your life and how you can pass that on to your kids. So let me pray for us and we'll get back to service. Dear God, Father, I'm just personally very grateful to you that uh, just to the way that you've really helped me and, God, how uh, the things that are really stressing me, God, those are the things that you really care about me and you're helping me with. But, God, I pray that you would draw my heart to you even more and also all of our hearts to you more and more and that we'd walk relationally with you and take in your word and put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen.